What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to another episode here on the Sean's Take Podcast. NFL Week 1 is over. Week 2 starts tonight, but we've got to do our due diligence on Week 1. So today, I've got 32 quick takes from each team in the NFL from Week 1. Week 1 was a bit of a wacky week. It was a bit of a boring week, but it was a week where we could learn a lot about what this season may look like, or we could have been left with some questions unanswered from a couple of teams who really didn't put their best foot forward in week one. So with that, we're going to go all 32 teams, one quick take from week one of the NFL season. We're going to be in and out with this episode, get you ready for the Thursday night football game between the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. Week two will surely be more exciting than week one, but let's go back and recap week one with 32 quick takes. And we're starting with the Arizona Cardinals. Maybe a little better than we thought. The offense struggled in week one, but that was expected after adding their starting quarterback just a week before when they traded for Josh Jobs to be their starter. However, the defense allowing only 20 points was a big win for Arizona. We'll see if Arizona can steal a couple of wins in the next three to four weeks, and maybe if Kyler Murray does return, he can take on a football team that may have a two and four record. And if he, if, he, if he gets a team with a couple of wins, he may be able to do something and make the Cardinals' offense respectable and give Arizona a little bit better of a season than we thought they would have. The Atlanta Falcons, my quick take is, are we ready to call the Falcons' backfield the best in the league? Bijan Robinson flashed his star potential. He showed why the Falcons drafted him so early, why they made him the face of their franchise this year, but... Tyler Algier, who was their rookie rusher, went over 1,000 yards last season, also played an incredibly good game. And together, I think right now it's a done deal. Those two make up the best backfield in the NFL. So Atlanta has a lot to be excited about with not only Bijan Robinson, but with Tyler Algier in that backfield as well. The Baltimore Ravens give it some time. The Ravens had a big week one win over the Texans, but it was expected. The game, however, was not nearly as clean as it could have been. So, moving forward, I expect this Baltimore offense every single week to get better and better and better. And eventually, yes, this Ravens offense is going to be explosive. It's going to have the fireworks, and we're going to see the Ravens put up a lot of points in a very exciting manner. But it is a whole new system for Lamar Jackson in this offense, and we have to give them all time to gel together. It's not just a new system but you have new weapons throughout the offense as well. So let's give it some time. And it is very unfortunate that J.K. Dobbins is out for the season with the torn Achilles. I feel horrible for him. He has dealt with injuries his entire career, and I thought this year was his big breakout year. So that's a blow to the Ravens for sure right there. So we do have to give the Ravens some time to gel 
and get better. But in due time, this offense is going to be something very, very special. The Buffalo Bills. The turnovers better not be regular. If Josh Allen didn't turn the ball over four times in that Monday night loss to the Jets, the Bills win this game probably by two or three scores. The biggest concern with the turnovers, though, is that all of them, all four of them, were very bad turnovers. The Bills will be just fine as long as these turnovers stop. It's okay if you throw an interception or two, but when they were just bad decisions that Josh Allen made on Monday night, that's what can cost a team games multiple times throughout the season. So I don't think it will be an issue moving forward. I think things will get under control, but the turnovers need to stop. Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young needs some help. The skill positions weren't great. The offensive line wasn't great. I get the sense we may see the same issues that we saw with Justin Fields in Chicago last year where you have this great talent here, but there's not enough support around him for him to really do anything. So let's make sure Carolina doesn't ruin a great talent due to a lack of support. That's going to be the big question this year. I do like Miles Sanders in the backfield, but if he can't get running lanes with the offensive line, and if the Panthers can't stretch the field a bit, Miles Sanders can only do so much to help out Bryce Young. So I do think the Panthers will get better. Hayden Hurst looked good. And I have faith that these receivers will be able to step up. But there is a cause for concern that we may see a repeat of what happened in Chicago last year in Carolina this year. Now, speaking of the Bears, we have the Chicago Bears up now. Another year in the basement. There was a lot of promise heading into this season for the Bears, but it's already very apparent they're not ready. The defense is going to struggle. And we did expect that a little bit. They added pieces, but the defensive line is still a weakness for this team. However, the offense, I don't think, was as explosive as we would have liked to see it. DJ Moore, the big trade acquisition, only caught two passes. I want to see him get involved more. I want to see the Bears be able to air the ball out a bit more. So moving forward from Chicago, they're going to need to start making strides if they want to get out of the basement of the NFC North and the NFL in general. Cincinnati Bengals do not overreact. Joe Burrow missed nearly all of training camp with a calf injury. He's going to be okay, and this Bengals team is going to be okay. I don't even want to get into this game too much because it's not a representation of what the Cincinnati Bengals will be this year. They're going to be a-okay, and we're going to see that moving forward. Cleveland Browns, I'm not sold. Don't get me wrong, the Browns win was absolutely dominant, but when we look into the numbers, I don't know if we're going to have season-long success in Cleveland. Deshaun Watson was 16 for 29 with 154 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. The offense did not have to do anything in this game because of how bad the Bengals played, but there are going to be times this season when Deshaun Watson is going to have to win the Browns a game, and I don't know if he'll be able to deliver there. The Dallas Cowboys... I gotta say, I was wrong. Me fading the Cowboys was clearly a massive mistake. And while the Giants absolutely gifted the Cowboys this win, the Cowboys defense alone is good enough to get them 10 wins this year. So couple that with the offense being better because the offense really didn't have to play this game either. And the Cowboys are going to be a legitimate shot in the NFC. And the Denver Broncos. Will things get better? Last season, it was not uncommon for Denver to hold teams to less than 20 points. They started out this season by allowing only 17 points, but once again, the offense let them down. Russell Wilson didn't turn the ball over, which was very refreshing, but 
this offensive unit needs to be able to give the defense some more help this season if they want to win games. So week one is pretty much the same story of what we saw last year, and that is concerning in Denver. The Detroit Lions. Let's not get carried away. The Chiefs win that game if Kadarius Tooney doesn't drop four passes, with one leading to a pick six. However, I will say, I am a Lions believer, and I did pick them to win the division, but I don't think their week one win was overly impressive. They didn't score very much outside of that first drive. They didn't move the ball dominantly for most of the game. So I would like to see Detroit build off this win, but I'm not ready to say, oh, Detroit to the Super Bowl because they beat the Kansas City Chiefs without Travis Kelsey, without Chris Jones playing, and with receivers not being able to catch the ball in week one. I think if you just add the catches in to week one, the Chiefs win that game by two scores. I am happy for Detroit. And what they did, I think it's promising. I think it builds momentum, but it is not the end-all be-all that Detroit is now the leader of the NFC because they beat the Chiefs in week one. The Green Bay Packers sticking in division. Get ready for more years of high-end quarterback play in Green Bay. The Packers and Jordan Love had about as boring of an offseason as a team could have. We heard not negative press, but nothing positive coming out of Green Bay. It was just boring for the offseason, for having a new quarterback under center. There wasn't a lot coming out of Green Bay. And in week one, they absolutely delivered. 245 yards and three touchdowns was a very promising performance for Jordan Love. And if he keeps this up, we'll be talking about how good the transition from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love was. So Jordan Love has the chance, and he delivered in week one, to be something really special in Green Bay. And if he does... The quarterback, the dominant quarterback reigning Green Bay will continue on through Jordan Love. The Houston Texans are our next team. They did about what we expected. I thought the Ravens defense would give the Texans offense some trouble, and that's exactly what they did by holding Houston to a mere three field goals and nine points in their week one opener. The Texans are going to have ups and downs throughout the season, but as long as C.J. Stroud is showing signs that he can be the franchise quarterback, that's all that matters for Houston this year, so I'm not going to get concerned about losses I just want to see the development of C.J. Stroud. Indianapolis Colts, you never should have messed with Jonathan Taylor. The Colts showed that they were okay without Jonathan Taylor based on how they treated him this entire offseason. But I think they're rethinking their decisions now after their lead back averaged 1.1 yards per carry in week one. You want to bring Anthony Richardson along as best as you can, but you took away his best asset on offense. The Colts botched this decision. They made a mess out of it, and they've got to figure things out because Jonathan Taylor surely would help the Colts and Anthony Richardson right now. The Jacksonville Jaguars, last year's moves, this year's success. The Calvin Ridley trade is going to go down as one of the best trades of the year. When the move was made, Ridley was suspended and had no material value for the current team of last year's Jacksonville Jaguars. But this week one showed exactly why the Jags went out and got Ridley. And this showed that the Jaguars and Ridley are ready to make this offense explosive and take it to the next level. The Kansas City Chiefs. I kind of touched on them with the Lions, but no need to worry. Travis Kelsey is going to come back. The receivers are going to be better. And Chris Jones is now back from his holdout. I'm not getting worked up over the Chiefs losing their week one matchup at home to the Detroit Lions. They are going to be A-OK, and they're still going to be one of the most dominant teams in the NFL. And with that, we're now halfway through the NFL, and we'll be finishing up the rest of the league right after this quick commercial break. Men talk women. Men talk sports. 
Finally, a talk show where men huddle and break into real conversation, real issues, the real deal. Men for Men Better Living. Real men, real talk. now for a free consultation 302-751-3274 or prnstaffers.com you're listening to and here we are picking up with the second half of the league and we're starting with the las vegas raiders so my quick take on the raiders we need to wait the raiders are perhaps the least talked about one and team in the nfl expectations were not high coming into this season but I don't think we really learned a ton about the Raiders in their game against the Denver Broncos. I think we're going to learn a lot more about the Raiders and what they'll be this season in weeks two and three. So for now, we kind of have to sit back and wait to see how this team performs against the Buffalo Bills next week and beyond that. Right now, I don't have a great judgment on what this team is, how they'll perform, but I think we will get a better read on them moving forward. The Los Angeles Chargers they still struggle to close. The Dolphins-Chargers was one of the best week one games, but if you asked me what I thought about this game before it started, I would have told you the game would be close in the fourth quarter and the Dolphins would squeak out a victory. I don't know what it is with the Chargers, but they have the worst luck in the final minutes of the game. And that, I don't know what you want to call it, curse, tradition, um, trend carried over from last year and years prior into week one of this season. So I hope they can break that for their sake and be able to close out games moving forward. The Los Angeles Rams, maybe we were wrong. In the beginning of the offseason, I talked about how the Rams were going to be competitive this season. With Sean McVay as their coach, I felt as though the Rams were capable of having a sort of bounce back year. Then as the offseason went on, we only got negative press coming from the Rams. And I got down on the Rams and thought it'd be a long season for them. From the looks of week one, the Rams aren't going to be a pushover this season. It looks like they're going to win some games. So I think we all were kind of wrong about what the Los Angeles Rams are going to be this season. The Miami Dolphins, maybe the most exciting team in the NFL. Tyreek 2K is a real thing for Tyreek Hill. And just like we had anticipated, head coach Mike McDaniel had his offense ready to shine in week one. Once Jalen Ramsey comes back from that knee injury midseason, the Dolphins team could end up being regarded as one of the best in the league. And for the time being, I think they are the most exciting offense in the NFL. The Minnesota Vikings, it looks like they may once again live and die by the close games. The Vikings played in an astronomical amount of one-score games last season, and that trend may continue this season. They had a chance to put the Bucks away in Week 1, and if they keep leaving things up to chance, their luck may not be so generous this year. The New England Patriots, unpleasantly surprised. The Patriots only scored 20 points against the Eagles, but Mac Jones threw for 316 yards and three touchdowns, and that's definitely promising for the Patriots. If Jones keeps this up, the Patriots' defense is good enough to get some wins this year 
and New England may be more competitive than I had anticipated. The New Orleans Saints keep growing. This week one matchup was supposed to be a close game against the Tennessee Titans, a team that really doesn't get blown out. But the Saints defense played well, as we expected, and the offense showed flashes, but was only able to put up 16 points. In Carr's first start as a Saint, I wasn't expecting him to light it up. I wasn't expecting the fireworks to be coming out, but I do expect this unit to get better and better as time goes on. The New York Giants. What happened? There was no worse performance than the Giants who got embarrassed in their home stadium on primetime Sunday night. I have no idea what happened, but everything that could have gone wrong went worse than anyone could have expected. I do think the Giants will be okay, but the panic meter is already beginning to kick in and they need to turn things around big time in weeks two and three. The Philadelphia Eagles. What we expected, just what we expected. The Eagles weren't supposed to go into New England and blow out the Patriots, but they showed us they're going to be the same dominant team they were last season. I'm not huge on the Patriots this season, but Bill Belichick is a very, very tough week one matchup, and the Eagles passed the test. Up next, we're rolling into the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are they really that bad? Besides the Giants, the Steelers had the most disappointing week one. The 49ers imposed their will throughout this game, and I was shocked to see the Steelers fold like they did on their home turf. Pittsburgh is another team that I think will rebound strongly moving forward. So while week one was hard to watch, I do think better things are coming for Pittsburgh. But just like with the Giants, I think we are rightfully having some cause for concern. The San Francisco 49ers. We knew they were good, but wow. The 49ers came out firing on all cylinders, and Brock Purdy has already shut down the question as to whether or not he's the guy in San Francisco moving forward. This team is easily the best team in the NFC, if not the entire NFL, and the 49ers, they just look complete out there. Every single aspect of their team is complete, and they are ready for a run at the Super Bowl once again. I know it's week one, but I'm ready to say that based off of how they performed against the Steelers in week one. The Seattle Seahawks, let's not get overly concerned. I think the Seahawks will be a playoff team. And even after getting manhandled by the Rams, I'm not ready to jump ship. Opening the season against a divisional opponent is always difficult. Just ask the Cincinnati Bengals. I think there's still a lot of promise in Seattle, and I think we'll see some of the promise come out in the next couple weeks, so I'm not ready to panic about the Seahawks. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker's back. Baker Baker, the touchdown maker, tossed two nice touchdown passes and helped lead his new team to a week one upset victory. You've got to be happy for the guy, and I hope Baker builds off this performance and has himself a nice-looking season and, and can once again become a franchise quarterback in the NFL. The Tennessee Titans, they played exactly how we thought they would play. I personally thought Tennessee was going to win this game, but a 16-15 to 15 loss is pretty on brand for them. The Titans played solid defense, they ran the ball, and they didn't wow us with the passing attack. However, I will point out, if Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw three interceptions, the Titans likely win this game, which does provide some hope for the Titans getting back to their 2021 ways where they were towards the top of the AFC. I do think the Titans have it in them. They just need to put everything offensively together. I also thought Derrick Henry should have gotten some more carries. He only had 15 carries and... We've seen from the Titans, if you want to win games, give D. Hen the ball 20 plus times in a game. So 
I would like to see that from them moving forward. That will open up the play action a bit more where you got DeAndre Hopkins, you got Traylon Burks who can make plays down the field. And finally, our 32nd team, the Washington Commanders, give it some time. The Commanders have the potential to have a high-powered offense with Eric Bieniemy as their new offensive coordinator. In their week one matchup against the Cardinals, the Commanders didn't show a ton of promise, but this was the first game with a new starting quarterback and an entirely new playbook. The Commanders need to do a better job of getting Terry McLaurin the ball. And I think moving forward, Washington has the potential to put out a pretty exciting product. So they're kind of like the Baltimore Ravens. They need some more time to get acclimated, but I do think there can be promising results as long as Sam Howell can prove that he's ready to be the guy. Washington could be in for a pretty exciting season once everything gels with the enemy's new offense. So that is all 32 teams from week one. One quick take about each team moving forward. Now let's get ready for week two. I hope for everyone's sake, it's a little bit more exciting on the field. And hopefully we start to get a better read on what each team will be moving forward for the 2023 NFL season. Thanks for listening as always. And I'll see you back here next Thursday on the Sean's Take Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sean's Take Podcast. And make sure to join Sean's Take on social media for more unique and exclusive content by following at Sean's Take on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.